Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Awakened Soul. This is episode 117, in fact. I'm your host, CEO Hayes, and if this is your first time listening to this wonderful podcast, what we like to do here at The Awakened Soul is we like to dig deeper. So a lot of the topics that we talk about, all about things that we rarely discuss openly in our culture. We like to break down those stigmas and have those type of conversations. You can follow me personally at CEO Hayes, that's C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. You can follow the podcast at Awaken Soul Pod or at The Awaken Soul Pod, just depending on where you're looking for us at. And also, we do have a Facebook discretion group. And that if you search The Awaken Soul on Facebook, you'll find us there. I'm trying to start posting more exclusive content there to get some of these conversations going. Just some of the things and articles that I look at when I'm uh, working through my ideas for each episode so we can start having and fleshing out those conversations there as well. Um, to preface this show, we do have cliche from... Uh, from Dualistic, also from Diary of an Afro-Latina podcast. And the this week's topic is discovering yourself through divorce. So what we'll be discussing actually is we'll have, um, this is a series, we'll actually have several people who went through the process and came out better people, maybe learned something about themselves throughout that. Next week's episode is a great one. We actually have Rome from Hours of Truth and BJ from the Change the Subject podcast as we break down uh, black male vulnerability, why it's important, how do we get there, things that we learned. So uh, that's just what's what's coming up tonight. That's what's on the horizon for the Awakened Soul podcast. As I said, you can follow me at CEO Hayes. So before we get into the topic for today, we have to get into the opening segment, and that's the In the Mind of Hayes segment. So we're going to go ahead and get into our intro music, and right after that, we'll jump into my crazy, dark, and twisted-ass mind. I'll see you guys there. The following is a Breaks Media podcast. You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my dad. So some of you may or may have not seen uh, the article in which Malik Yoba came out and uh, talked about his attraction to trans women um, in, a, in an article that was meant to be supportive. It was meant uh, to be or came off as meant to be of support of the trans community um, to maybe break some of the stigmas and, you know, to have someone of Malik Yoba isn't like an A-list celebrity at all, but especially for my generation, uh, when New York Undercover was a big thing. Um, also, uh, what? why did I get married? A lot of people know Malik Yoba. Um, <clears throat> so when he came out with this, it was initially seen as like a, a positive thing. Um, and since then, though, it's kind of all breaking down around him. So there have been um, a few different uh, trans women who've come out and said that basically Malik Yoba at one point was a predator. Um, and uh, the one, the the biggest one who's really come out with uh, with their story um, is a young lady, uh, Maria, Mariah Lopez Ebony, um, who came out saying how um, Malik Yoba used to target trans 
black trans, black teen trans women um, <clears throat> back when New York Undercover was a thing. And uh, that kind of opened the floodgates. So more and more uh, trans women, young trans women have come out to kind of talk about their story with him. And and it's 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 this is and this goes back to the to the age that we live in. Everything basically comes out. Your past can come back to haunt you. Now, Malik Yoba probably thought, oh, well, those were sex workers, which they were. Um, and they're, they're not going to come out. They're, they're not going to speak out or whatever. Um, and something that started off as to highlight or to break some of the stigmas of attractions to trans women has since now come out and really put a highlight on how trans women are taken advantage of how they're abused how they're mistreated um so there's still a, a level of notice that is coming from this original article that needed to, to come out and i'm glad that that story is being told but just look at how it, it it devolved and what it started from and so um as far as i know as of this recording there isn't like any criminal action taken against malik yoba that i know of if i'm Incorrect. I'm sure you guys will will let me know, or I'll I'll come back with a rebuttal um, on the next episode. But it, it's it's unfortunate when you hear the stories of like of, of just the abuse and the the predatory nature of of his interactions. And at the time, like again, Malik Yoba, I don't think has ever been considered an A list celebrity. But at the same time, someone who has that stature and who really used their power to silence even back then, like um, even back then, um, you know, trans women weren't really the care for the trans community, the notice, the attention wasn't there like it is now. So um, all this <laughs> backlash coming out um, is, is honestly, I, I'm taking a lot of positivity out of it because these stories needed to be told for anyone who didn't listen to like, uh, the deconstruction transphobia part one episode. We're going to continue that series, but this is something that I want to go into as we continue that 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 series as well, is because I don't think a lot of people realize. You know, Pose has put a little bit of notice on it, especially with the episode in which Candy died. Um, but there just needs to be more attention, and uh, we talked about it before. We talked about it on Love Lust and Badass Soul as well. Treat people like people, um, and and people get so caught up or. In, in, in their shame maybe of their attraction uh, their concern over how other people are living their lives and XYZ that then we have people who just aren't treated humanely um, so we'll continue to follow the story of Malik Yoba let me know how you guys felt about it when it first came down uh, the shock that you guys felt if you did um, but we'll continue to watch the story and, and talk about it as well um, the only other thing that's really on my mind uh, coming into into this week um, has been a lot of the the and we talked a little bit on the breaks radio, um, the backlash from the Dave Chappelle uh, comedy show, um, the, the comedy special on Netflix. Um, Dave Chappelle pulled no punches, which most of our historical great comedians did not either. But the fact that um, were some of his jokes insensitive? Yeah, yeah. Were they insensitive to a, a lot of groups of people? Yeah. It's not like he sat there on stage and just bashed the LBGT community or he just bashed white people or he just bashed black people or he just bashed poor people. Like, he's a comedian. Um, at least that's my opinion on it. Um, it's, it's it's so much real hate going on out there that for someone to stand up there and tell jokes and it to, to – to, you can't cancel Dave Chappelle. Hype Williams said it best. You can't cancel someone who doesn't give a fuck. 
Yeah, Dave Chappelle is not canceled. Uh, anyone who's saying that is is bull. Uh, you're actually it'll probably it'll probably be a big part of his next stand up special. Um, but just sitting back, like I said, um, kind of on the breaks radio, and I guess I'll dig deeper into it now. Um, we do live in sensitive times, and if you go back and look at a lot of our comic great comedy specials or great comedians, if you just look at their career and you if you take uh, a second to realize like what they were making jokes about and talking about um a lot of people would be canceled um i i i enjoyed it uh dave Chappelle is a special comedian as we all know um he just also uh did sunday service with kanye west in dayton ohio which the mass shooting was, was at uh, we had another mass shooting over the past of the weekend um in texas so it's just i i, I get it when it's when it's hate, I, like I said, I feel like there's so many examples of actual hate going on around this country that when it's something like this, for me personally, I don't understand why we put so much into that. But I mean, I'm not saying that I I, I can't say that he didn't say anything offensive. So I understand that. But just taking a step back and looking at at, at the light that it was it was done in um, for me, like I said, it, it just it's not it's not much of a problem there. But. You know, I, I tend to look at the world a little bit differently. That's why we do step into my mind. That is why I have this podcast. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I always love uh, my audience and how we inter- how we interact and, and we talk things out. So maybe it's just a perspective that I'm not seeing because I wasn't offended by it personally. So um, I'm not trying to take anything away from it. But this whole canceling thing. And I also I think that we can have should be able to have a conversation in which. We say, hey, this was offensive. I didn't like this part of it without trying to cancel someone like this whole cancel thing is just it's becoming too much. Honestly, for me, it's, it's we're canceling someone every other day. Uh, at this point, it's only going to be like 10 of us left who aren't canceled to interact with with each other. So, you know, take that how you will. Um, but that's it. That's it for my mind. I'm not going to belabor the point um, or go into anything else or get get sidetracked and go on any other rants this week's on this week's episode. Um, but. That's it. So we are going to go into our interview with Cliche. This is the first in the Discovering Yourself Through Divorce series. Um, really looking forward to this one. Uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this series. We already have, I already announced all three. So it's Cliche first, Hype Williams second, and then we're going to be finishing out with Cole Sports, um, just discussing uh, all the ways that you can find yourself, the positivity in divorce. We're not bashing any exes or anything like that. So uh, hopefully through these people's stories, anyone who's going through this, anyone who may be stuck in bondage, really stops thinks about it and realizes what they can learn about themselves throughout this process so we're going to take a musical break oh well first you're going to hear one of the uh, ad from one of our other lovely breaks media podcasts after that you hear a song and then we'll get into the topic itself i'll see you guys there what's up everybody this is dan aka dan on drugs and i am afro becky aka afro becky and we are the black law and legal lies podcast a weekly legal podcast for the culture. Each week, we have conversations with our co-host, Anne, a licensed and practicing slash ratchet ass attorney, as well as myself, a rehabilitated criminal and our lovely esteemed moderator, Afro Becky. Most of our topics are legal in nature and we discuss them in a relatable way. We release new episodes every Tuesday. Yo, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Or you can find us on social media at Black Law Podcast. So check us out. Or don't. Hey! What? Sometimes people do like the opposites.
in the building this week for our first in the series of discovering yourself in divorce and we have the afro latina herself from duo listen we got cliche in the building what's going on cliche hey what's up you guys i, lo- I looked it I'm up back again i know right i looked it up like you haven't been on the podcast i think since episode 35 ish i'm on a episode 116 now so it's like damn it's been yeah, a while it's been a long time yeah. it's been a very long time so, what, so yeah. What all do you have going on? We all know that you're a new mother again for the third time. You're trying to catch up with me. We all see that. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I want to catch up to you. I think it's done. <laughs> so I'm only one above you, but yeah. Yeah, you are. So um, it sounds like we have a village. Um, so yeah. Um, other than having a baby, I did start my own podcast, which is the Diary of Afro Latina. Uh, me and uh, my old co-host from Dualistic, we kind of just went our separate ways, mm-hmm. just so we can focus on our own individual selves. So it was dope. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been working on, and just a whole bunch of other stuff. I have a lot of stuff coming up in the works that I can't even talk about yet. <laughs> that's what's up. That's what's up. You're busy. I know. I know. Like you started like your own uh, social media advising thing, and it's you yeah. you out here working. I see. I see you taking your maternity yeah. leave and make and making the most out of it. I'm back at work too. So damn, you back working home. Yeah, Shit. I'm back. So I'm you know I love my money, and so <laughs> I'm back at work and then just working my own, and then I ended up landing a really big client. Um, so I'm really excited about that. I can't wait till I can share that. That's what's up. I'm, I'll be <laughs> definitely looking out for that announcement. Um, so. <laughs> We're here to talk about something that 50, 50% of marriages all end in divorce. And I feel like most of the conversation built around that people, it's all negative. Like people talk about mainly what the ex did. I wanted to attack it from a different perspective. I wanted to attack it from the positive perspective because there's a lot of growth that comes in divorce and finding yourself. So I really wanted to talk about that. Um, so if you just want to share just to start a little bit about like how long you were married, um, how long did it take for your divorce to get finalized? Just all that stuff so we can kind of get that stuff out of the way and then we can deep, uh, dig deeper and start talking about you. Okay. Um, so I guess I can start from the beginning. We've been dating since we were dating from night. I was 19 when I met him and had my firstborn. And then 19 to, oh, boy, Jesus, when did we get divorced? Last year. Um, no, it was the last year before that. Um, I can't even remember anymore. But, yeah, it's been... <laughs> You kind of, you kind of like me that in the past. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we were married. We were together for nine years, married for two of those years. So yeah. Okay. Do you think like? Yeah. Go ahead. Go. Ahead. go. Okay. <laughs> so like you say, you 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 were together for nine years, married for two. And you hear like some people that happens a lot. Like people are so caught up nowadays, and like, is it too fast? Is it too long? Like. Do you feel like as long as you guys were together, do you think that the marriage kind of highlighted the issues or do you think that it kind of put a Band-Aid on it for a little while? It put a Band-Aid on it for a while. Okay. Because the issues were already there um, on both ends. It was just 
I was like, oh, let me just put this on there. Let me give you this ring. Let me just do this. And then let's hope that it would resolve itself. But, you know, things don't work like that. They don't. (laughs) No, too, and I could, like, speak from experience, too. I think, like, Mm -hmm. you you start thinking more about, like, the optics. Like, I think people stay in marriages so much because they don't want to be looked at as the divorcee. Because, you know, like, it's, it's a big thing, like, for men automatically you're divorced they look at the man as what the fuck did you do and then for the women they kind of look at it as like why couldn't you keep your man and it's just like it doesn't have to be any of that i agree and it just has all this negative it y'all could end on positive terms it might be a little rocky at first Mm -hmm. but it always it it ends up working out in some form of fashion if you want it to there you go it's all about maturity so some people just aren't mature enough to handle it and it's like look ain't no point in holding grudges but you know, we don't want to stay in that. We want to get on the positive and we want and I really wanted you to be the first one on this too because I I've seen like you basically since the the start of dualistic and just in that time I've seen how you've grown and how positive you are and how empowering you are to women. So I kinda of wanted to jump into that and be able to get that from that perspective. So like um the first question that I have on this list for you is you know, people stay in marriages out of a sense of obligation, which we kind of just talked about a little bit to their partner, to the family, um, but not really to themselves. So I wanted to ask you this. Um, do you think it's important for someone to be obligated to their own happiness, even when they are married? And this is before the divorce, before anything. Do you owe yourself an obligation to your own happiness? Yes, I do. And I think I recently said something about this recently. It's just people focus so much in trying to make the other person happy that they forget about their own happiness. And then it just causes this ripple effect within your own marriage. So it's like, I, I firmly believe that you being happy should be the starting point because you can't make anybody else happy. If you're not happy, you're going to be miserable. (laughs) I mean, I know from experience. So it's like, you have to make sure that you're happy in the situation that you're in. So I just feel like it's important. It 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 absolutely it is. So like when you when you got married, like looking back at it now, were you happy? No, I wasn't. I you know, you kind of get into the space where like, okay, I have all these all these kids, both of my kids <laughs> by you. So <laughs> both of my my two kids by you. You know, you have this family dynamic in your head. You're like, I just want my family together. I mean, you can relate, you know, just having all your kids with one person and then you have this negative thing where, oh, you can't go to nobody else after that because you're not going to look that right. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I just feel like, I don't know, it just has like a really negative connotation to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so without like bashing your ex, what was the biggest lesson you learned from your marriage about yourself or in general? Uh, just in general, communication. Um, my communication sucks. So... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> sucks. So just in general, I'm an introvert, so I'm really quiet. Um, but so in that relationship, when things would bother me as a person, I never would speak up about it. It was just like I would internalize it and just leave it alone. Um, and so just being big on communication, because I was big on not wanting to talk about my feelings and talk about anything that was going on, just keeping it to myself. And so as a person, I feel like that's something that I could have done a whole lot better self-wise. Okay. So like going forward now, like out of that situation, like how, how have you worked on your communication since? Oh, I probably communicate too much. Poor <laughs> 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 <4P>. um, <laughs> um, I, I, I don't hold my tongue anymore like mm-hmm. I used to. I do in certain situations because I do think before I speak. 
unlike him. No, playing. Um, but yeah, I now I if there's something that bothers me, I won't. I try not to speak on it initially when I'm upset. Mm-hmm. Um, I try my best, anyways. <laughs> um, but just communicating it in general, it doesn't matter if it makes me upset. As long as I communicated and said, you know, this is how it made me feel. What can we do about this? You know, so just the communication piece. Okay, that's what's up. Um. That, and that that kind of takes care of just that first segment. So we're, the next part is all the turning points. So the, everything we're going to be talking about now is kind of what switch flipped in your head after and during your divorce and everything. So it was, the, the, I think like with most people, they start noticing before they ask for a divorce, before they go through it, they start noticing pieces like kind of themselves that they've left by the wayside over the course of the years. So like what changes did you notice about yourself leading up to your divorce that kind of made you think like some, something's not right here? I will say the changes were, I just, I don't know, I really got really depressed. I just stopped everything because at that point, I'm, I'm thinking back, <laughs> um, just thinking about everything I was going through internalized, internalizing myself, like not having, you know, going back to school kind of things. And I would just kind of look at myself and I'm like, why did I stop doing all that? That even though that's something he wanted me to do for myself, why did I stop doing that? Mm-hmm. Um, because my mind frame was just on mainly my family, focusing on family. I'm, I'm a Latina, so we focus on family really big. So just trying to make sure I balance the two. And um, I just noticed just depression was really, really big. I, I didn't want to talk to anybody. So that was one of the big turning points within, you know, I saw seeing, I started seeing it myself before the divorce and then um i just started realizing just different things about myself that i don't know it's hard to explain mm-hmm. <laughs> unless someone's like in your mind but yeah it definitely was it, it was a turning point for me but it was a good turning point not a bad one that makes sense and so like because you learn it about yourself like we all grow and we develop as people you got married kind of like me really really young so you already are going to change some there mm-hmm. so like with with the maturity with like going towards your 30s uh coming out of like your child because uh, 20 year we're adults but we still are very much not who we are when we get into our 30s so like what what was one thing that you have now in the age that you are now that is a good result of you going through your marriage oh goodness i just confidence i okay. i think i've built my confidence up way higher now that I kind of like sit down and was just to myself for a little bit of time. Um, just having that moment where I could be to myself and build that confidence that I had, I knew was in me, mm-hmm. but I just couldn't find it. Um, so just dealing with that aspect of things. I mean, just dealing with that and I'm trying to think what else. Like, it's just so much that I feel like went on, like through that whole process, whether it was good or bad, but I felt like just confidence was like the biggest thing because my confidence was low. Yeah. Um, and I just, I think that just had to do with just me not being healthy, happy with myself and the decision that I made um, as a whole to make mm-hmm. everyone else happy. And, to, and you have to choose, that goes back to what we said before, we have to choose you. And mm-hmm. so like, and I think we're, we're trained as people almost to feel like it's wrong to be selfish. There's a, there's a good version of selfish. There's a bad version of selfish. But you have to be selfish in a sense to take care of you. And right. and we don't do that. And that's why you see so many people who, like, at 35, 40, they start breaking down mentally and have to go 
through all this depression and, and seeing psychologists, like it's nothing wrong with seeing a psychologist, but it's because they put that off for so long of just really thinking about their own mental well-being. And so it, it's something that I'm glad that we, as we start discussing mental health more and more in our communities, it, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're getting rid of that stigma and that's good. And hopefully that goes to like helping to the divorce rate that goes to helping families stay together or even making better decisions on when you start going into being married. Um, Cause a lot of us too, I think, we go into marriage in the marriage thinking that it's going to fill a void that we have. And it, it almost never does. And that's like having kids. They're like, Oh, if I have a child by this person, it's going to make, it's going to make that person love me more yeah. or it's going to change things. No, it, it really just makes things worse. It amplifies it. So it's like the things that were already there. Like we said, you put that bandaid on there for just that t- little tiny period of time. And I always say like your first year is what the honeymoon phase. Yeah. And, you know, as people who are with our, our significant others for a long time, you, you were like, man, we already went through our honey school phase. <laughs> it's totally different exactly. when you get married. I yeah. feel like it changes. Um, at first, I was like, oh, we are dental. We've been together for eight, nine years. We'll be all right. Ain't no honeymoon phase. Um, but then we did, we did go through that honeymoon phase. And that, that second year, it was like, oh, wait a minute. Like, here goes the problems again. Like, here are the issues that you have, whether it's with yourself or – because a lot of it was just self. Um, if you're not happy, it's so – so just done with that. And I, I think that's what I dealt with at that time. It's like you – I put that Band-Aid on it for a certain amount of time because I was never one of the ones to get married Okay. in the beginning. Okay. So, so that, that – I was never one of those, like, oh, we're not, I'm going to get married one day. Blah, blah. And I'm like – yeah, no, it was never a dream. So that's all. Everybody's like, why'd you wait so late to get married? Why you wait eight years? Sir? I'm like, because I wasn't pushing it. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, marriage is like, it's looked at as, I think we need to change the mindset on marriage because it's looked at as like, you stay in a relationship after a while you get and you just get married. Like it's just automatically thought of like, why aren't you married by now? When it really, it should be once you guys can settle, like dating is a period in which you're really taking time to get to know the person, taking time to figure out their bullshit, where you guys fit in together, how you're going to build together. We don't have enough conversations during the dating phase of how are we going to how are we going to not only make this relationship work, but a marriage if we have it. Do you think that like should everyone go through premarital counseling now that you've been through a marriage? Do you think that's important? Yes, I went through at first I was against it. Um, <laughs> at first I was against it and we did go through it. And then I was like, okay, I like this because you kind of, we did like, um, it was some packet we did. We had to fill out about each other, like our own selves, um, like how many sexual partners we had. In that. And if we wanted to share, we could. Mm-hmm. It had like literally everything in there. And then he was like, at a certain amount of time in your marriage, y'all can switch books if you want to like the whole booklet y'all did individually y'all could switch you to share with each other either it was a good thing you liked about each other the bad things um everything had literally had everything in that book i went back and read it the other day so i'm like why do i still have it and a lot of the issues that we wrote in our book were actually the issues we ended up having before we divorced wow Wow. Mm-hmm. It's it, it, so. it's because most of us know, like, honestly, like if you people who are in relationships right now, they know what they think is going to break them up. But we try to just cover it up or think, oh, it's not really mm-hmm. going to be an issue. That's a whole story for another day because we, we can go on and right. on about that. Uh, right. But um, so the shame, we, we kind of mentioned it earlier. Like, how did you deal with the shame about your marriage failing? Because I, I at least I, I can say, like, for myself, like 
especially like when you have friends that you shared or you see like your ex's family or whatever, it's like, I don't really want to see them. And it's all because you like, you have this burden of the marriage falling on you. So like for people who are feeling that people who are worried about that, what advice would you give to them? Okay. Being someone who went through that because I'm from Nashville. So I moved to Dallas with no family. So literally his family was my family. Mm. So when I moved here, when we decided to get our divorce, it will, you know, I asked for divorce. Um, so when I did, we decided to do that. It was more of like the shame. You didn't want to see them. You, you kind of in your back of your mind were like, oh, they're probably talking stuff about me. Um, there's no telling what they're saying about me. And they probably were not saying anything about me. Mm-hmm. They probably wasn't. They probably was. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I literally would have, and then our friends were all mutual friends. So just having to deal with that. But at the end of the day, um, me and him had a conversation about it because I was really worried about that. Um, he was like, if anyone ever says anything to you, let me know and I'll address that person. Because what I won't do is have anyone disrespect the mother of my children. So it, it's just having someone who's actually going to be there for you um, and actually understanding. So if your ex-partner is actually, because I can speak for everyone, I can just speak for my situation. Um, he made sure that even though I might have felt uncomfortable, he made sure I was comfortable because that was our decision together. Even though I asked for divorce, but it was still our decision together. Um, so he made it easy. So I think it's just making sure you find peace with yourself as well as whoever you're with. Then be very understanding and help you go through the process. And he definitely helped me go through the process. That's what's up. And wasn't an asshole about it. <laughs> Do you, would you say I mean, that you guys right. are you guys better friends now than you were? Yeah. I will say we're like, we, we always said that if we didn't have kids, like my, my son, my older son together, we probably would have never got, you know, stayed together. Mm. Like if I never got pregnant with our son, then we probably wouldn't have been together. And now this day, like he'll call me he's like, Hey, how's everything going? The baby and the baby. Okay. Over there. Do you need anything? He'll call and check up on me. Like those are things like we do this day. And I feel like that's what made us, that's what made me feel like we should have never been married. Mm -hmm. We should have stuck with the friendship that we had in the beginning, as opposed to trying to force some kind of marriage, because that's what everyone else expected out of us because we had kids. Um, Instead of just going with our first mind, like, Hey, let's just, let's not get married. Let's just remain friends then we wouldn't have to go through all of this, you know. But now, we're like like I said, we're like the best friends. He always checks up on me um, to make sure I'm okay. Because I'm here, like I said, I'm here alone, like in Dallas. So it's kind of hard for people with no family 10 hours away. <laughs> it's kind of hard. So um, he does make sure he checks up on me, which is always nice. He's, a, he's like one of my best friends. That's awesome. That's what's up. Um how, how how did you, like, what did, changes or anything did you see in your children when you go through your divorce? Because your daughter was still young, so your son would have been kind of more aware of what, like, was going on. So, like, how, how did they deal with it? Oh, uh, Chauncey was going through it. <laughs> he was definitely going through it. And we have had moments for me and his dad, because my daughter was like, eh, it's happening. We've been in two different homes. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, but my son, he took it hard. Um he he didn't know how to set at first when we told him he didn't understand it i was like he he honestly does not understand that that's what we're saying like we're separate like we're not coming back together like we're parting there's no going back because his reaction was different and then we had a conversation again with him and he bawled out crying um and his main thing was he wanted to still have 
family vacations. He wanted me to still cook. Mm-hmm. He wanted me to still do all these things more like family oriented things that he just didn't understand why it did not work. Obviously, I don't feel like he's at the age where I could have that full conversation with him of why it didn't work. But he he took it hard. I we even put him in counseling. So me and his dad we go to counseling with him and his counseling, and then he does it by himself. Okay. So it helps him. Like he loves counseling, and I, I think that's one of the things that we have to drill in him. It's okay to go to counseling, and he's okay with going. He was actually the one who said he wanted to go. I don't wow. know where he got all this. That's crazy. Um, and then the funny thing is, before we got divorced, he did a research, like at his school, he did a research paper on, and he didn't take it. He pulled it out of the hat, um, and how to deal with um, parents who are divorced. Okay. Like, how do you help other kids who are going through, you know, the divorce process? Mm-hmm. And that's just crazy. And I was like, did you know he was getting this? I was like, no, I did not know that. So I think that helped him. Like, that research he did helped him somewhat in how to deal with the situation. Okay. So, I mean, he still has his moments now because there's another man in my life. So he still has his moments. Um, but, I mean, hey. It happened. So you're with you're with someone now. You're with P, which we all know. Um, yeah. so like, do you feel like because of what you went through and because of what you learned from yourself, you're in a better position to love him? I am okay. because I love myself more. Um, because I'm I'm in that space where I'm putting myself first and I do love myself more. Um, and I was in other relationships where I felt like I wasn't ready to be in those relationships because I didn't love myself yet. Yeah. And so with him, I'm there and he kind of just, he's not used to this world neither. (laughs) So like with no kids and never been married, so it's kind of hard to like integrate him into like understanding it all. Um, But yeah, it just, uh, (laughs) (laughs) once I start loving myself, I think it helps so much more because I just like, now I'm like certain things that did bother me once before. I'm like, "Eh, oh well. Yeah. And, I, and now, like, with you having to go, like, because you were with your ex since you were 19, right? So you're super young. Yeah. So, like, after you, like, split from him and lived on your own, like, did you get gain that sense of, you know what, I can do this by myself? Yeah, because I will say I didn't know how to do it by myself. Mm-hmm. I moved out when I turned 18 from mom's house. But even when I moved out, I had a roommate. Okay. So I was never, like, literally by myself. And then when I turned 19, we were together. And we, we had an apartment together. We, he was in college. We were both in college at that point. And, um, yeah, like now, like when I ended up getting my own place, because even the house I was in was the house that we had together. Mm-hmm. So now that I had moved out of that house, I felt even better because it's still, that had too many connections yeah. of us together and too many of the negative shit that, you know, that happened, but still was not my space. Cause that was the space we had together. And then when I finally moved out of that house and got my own, my mind kind of cleared. And it's like, it was almost like all the energy that I had there mm-hmm. needed to be cleared out. And I needed my own set of energy. That makes sense. So it helped. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> like resetting the palette up. That makes complete sense. It, it, Cause you don't want to bring a new person's energy into a house that you had with someone else. Oh yeah. That's, that's terrible. <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like you, you're always you you have so many memories with the person that you were your husband or ex husband at that time, 
with that person. So it's like, you have so many memories in there. So you really can't look at the space anymore like it used to be. Yeah. Even if you brought someone else in there, it's like, eh, I still see somebody else in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I've luckily never had to do that. But like for people who do that, and let's say like you just come home and your new boyfriend or girlfriend is sitting in the same spot that your ex used to sit in, like just like that visual would be like, oh shit, what we gotta go. Like, let's get the fuck up out of yeah. here. Cause that's like you're gonna you're not picturing that person, you're picturing your ex yeah. in that seat. Cause you're like, that was my ex favorite spot. Like, oh, that was my fa- ex favorite thing. Maybe sit on the counter in the kitchen while she cooked, like whatever the case may be, like that was her thing to do. So you just can't get that picture out of your head. Yeah, that's what's up. Um, so I got two la- two last questions for you. So the, the this uh, last one is like, um, people should people realize more that divorce is a sign of strength and not a sign of weakness? And how do they get to that point? Ooh, it's definitely a sign of strength because, like we said, it's your time that you kind of realize who you are as a person, depending on what what stage you were in like me for instance I, I did it when I was young I uh, got married when I was young so me realizing that that was like my strength of that divorce um of just going through that so it's definitely a strength as opposed to being something that yeah yeah uh, <laughs> sorry oh a strength um it's just me just dealing with that so they got me off track <laughs> and I was like I know we can hear this <laughs> So, yeah, just dealing with that and moving forward. I, one way that I feel like I, it could help someone is if, I know, everybody just had this negative thing towards it, and I think it's more of, depending on how biblical you are, um, I think that's what people look at it as. They mm-hmm. think of it as a biblical um, aspect as opposed to anything else. Um, but I think our generation is kind of shifting, not so much of a biblical aspect, but more of a, um, what should I say? I think we're more of self now. I think yeah. we're still learning. Because back then it was more of, that person was about everyone else as opposed to themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think now we've kind of shifted and now we've gotten to a better place where it, I think it's slowly becoming not so negative. I think our parents might look at negative. Um, if they haven't been through divorce, um, or they may not. Um, but just, I think that's the only way I can feel like it will change. I think our generation is already changing with that aspect of yeah. things. I, I don't think there's much to change because I, that's why divorce, divorce rate is high yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. Over 50%? <laughs> like, it almost got as high as almost 60% at one time. It's just crazy. Yeah. yeah. So I think we're just higher because we're all finding a sense of self. You see a lot of it where everybody's going to be self-employed. Everyone's going to do all these things. So, yeah, I think everybody's just becoming self and finding who they are and realizing what they do and do not want. Absolutely. Um, and at 19, obviously, I didn't know what I wanted. <laughs> That's a fact. So, uh, last question. Who is Cliché now versus who she was when she got married? And then also, how does that rediscovery of yourself benefit your loved ones and your children? <laughs> cliche now oh my goodness cliche is definitely now the epitome of strength like I've never been as strong in my life ever (laughs) and I don't mean like physically I mean mentally I mean spiritually everything about myself is so much stronger than what I've ever been in life um due to the divorce and cliche now is like 
she's just not going to deal with no bullshit no more. <laughs> I think that's just the cliche now, just the no bullshit type of person anymore. Um, and what's what the last question? How, how does the rediscovery of yourself benefit you, your loved ones, and your children? I think now, because my son is older, he realized I wasn't happy. So him seeing me in a space that I am happy and at peace, with myself and peace with the situation, um, it, it kind of it helps him because he he understands now what love is supposed to look like mm-hmm. or how he, I think he had in his mind only my mom and my dad could love each other. Um, so it's my kids are seeing a different side of me that they've never seen ever, um, especially my oldest. Um, so I think for them it was a good thing because now my son can go forward and be like. These are things I saw my mom go through or my dad go through, and this is what I want for myself, and this is what I'm not going to tolerate, and this is who I am going to tolerate. So it helps them in a way because it's not like they're learning their book that they're reading. So they're reading our book and like, hey, this is what I want in my next, you know, when I'm older, when I decide to get married or if I decide to get married you know, this is what I want in my situation or in my relationship. So I think that helps them, especially my son, the oldest. Like I said, my daughter, she's the same age, <laughs> her baby, so they don't know no <laughs> They don't care. They just care about who's feeding them, that's all, as long as they got <laughs> the food. <laughs> food and toys. Yeah, that's it. Well, that's it. Cliche, I want to thank you, man, for being able to talk about this openly because it's a hard, hard thing for some some people to talk about. So, um, especially with the new baby and everything, I appreciate you taking time out. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell oh. the people where they can follow you. Oh, you can find me pretty much everywhere. No, yeah. uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, all at TG Nose Curls, and um, you can listen to my podcast, Diary of Afro Latina, on there as well. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty much everywhere. I'm on Facebook as well. So you can find me everywhere. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it, people. We're out. Peace. Could it Bye. Be calling me down, 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 down. My foolish heart turns out and stars. All that I am is all that you see. You don't need nobody else, and you're putting this all on me. Forget There's a time and a place for all this. This is not the place for all this. Is there a reason why you're saying all this? And can we talk about it later? I've got to ride my wrongs. With you is where I belong You've been down from the go Recognition's what you want And it's something that I should know Something that I should know All the things that you went through Girl, I never meant to Put you through it twice, no Tell me how can I right my wrongs That's something that I should know We've been through, girl, I never meant to put you through it twice, no, no Could it be you calling me down, 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 down My foolish heart turns out and stars All that I am is all that you see 